Hello and welcome to Beyond the Paradigm. I am your host, Paul. I would just like to say thank you to everyone who's listening on a regular basis because without you, there would be no podcast at all. So thanks for listening, guys. And the aim of my podcast is to seek the truth about our history, who is controlling the world, humanly speaking, to expose the lies and to teach people just how extensive the darkness is and hopefully point people towards the light. Now, as a Christian, I hold to the teachings of the Bible and I believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sins. And he came that we may have life. The Luciferian elite, just like their master, want us all in darkness. And all is not what it seems. There are so many cover-ups and secrets that it is hard to get to the truth of what is actually going on. In today's episode, I have a guest with me, Bob Mitchell, and I will seek to educate you, along with Bob, who will do most of the speaking, on what is going on at CERN, what the Vatican knows about the true nature of CERN, what they also know about aliens, and how all this ties in to the rise of the Antichrist. Bob Mitchell is the author of a book called Antichrist, the Vatican and the Alien CERN Delusion. He also has his own YouTube channel called End Times Watchman and he has thousands of subscribers. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Bob onto the show. There is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you very much, Paul. I'm really glad to be here. It's good of you to invite me. Yeah, I'm really thankful to have you on. Obviously, just for you guys that don't know, me and Bob uh, had it scheduled uh, previously because I really wanted to do an episode on CERN. But as sometimes happens in this game, people have technical issues. I've had a few myself in the past. And unfortunately, Bob had some technical issues last time. So we rescheduled. And I'm very thankful to you, Bob, that we was able to reschedule. So I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm thankful also for the book that you've sent me. And I know you've authored a number of books, but the one you sent me was the Antichrist, the Vatican, and the Alien uh, CERN delusion. But before we get into sort of the meat of the discussion, could you explain a little bit about your background and then what led you up to write this book? (laughs) How long have you got? Well, I I became a Christian when I was 16, and that was way back in the 60s. Um, And the thing that thrilled me about becoming a Christian was this discovery that the Bible can be trusted. You know, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and my faith isn't blind faith, but it's, it's one that rests on experience and tested fact. I'm always asking questions. So 
I believe the Bible shows history in advance. It's, you can prove it mathematically, historically, archaeologically, textually, prophetically. It really is the most unique and incredible book we could ever hold in our hands. But I don't take things at face value. Um, but for decades, I've studied and researched just to ensure that what I'm believing is the truth. And I always say to people when, whenever I go out and speak, I, I say, you, know, you, you have to ask questions. Don't just take things on my say-so. I also used to host a prophecy program here in the UK on Revelation TV. I used to do that every, I think, twice a month. And uh, now I travel around the UK. I've spoken in the USA and I just love giving PowerPoint presentations in churches or halls to present the evidence. You know, um, I don't know how many of your listeners are Christians, but but for me, uh, the Bible says that you should always be ready to give a reason why you believe. And, and I, my big concern today is that young Christians have got no reason why they should believe. And so you ask them, why are you a Christian? And they just say, well, because of Jesus. And I think, well, that's great. But where's your evidence? And that's what I like to go to churches and other places and do. And of course, that, of course, leads us into a subject tonight. And by the way, the book about the Vatican, um, I laugh because um, people have written to me on emails or uh, you know, reviews on, on Amazon saying that this, this guy hates, hates Catholics and I don't hate Catholics at all. I love Catholics. In fact, my family is Catholic in the background. My my daughters are all Catholics. Um, one has just turned to, to Judaism, but the others are all Catholics. My grandchildren are Catholics. So I certainly don't hate Catholics. I'm, I love Catholics. Um, but it's the teaching that really I'm questioning and what they're doing behind the scenes. And that is the thing that really interests me because a lot of Catholics don't realise what is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and this actually leads into my next question, the Vatican archives, and apparently they're supposed to contain many secrets. And I was reading there's such things, I mean, I don't know what even this is, the Grand Grimoire, which is an alleged medieval oh. book that is believed to possess immense powers this supposedly got the bones of the apostle peter and the paintings of the real jesus and more but something else that's supposedly in the vatican archives is evidence of aliens and right. you know like uh it, the vatican search for extraterrestrial life goes back centuries yeah but what in, in your in the course of your research, what do you think the Vatican knows about UFOs or aliens? Uh, as you said, they actually um, have been they've they've been studying UFOs. Believe it or not, Chuck Missler brought this out. They've been studying UFOs for over three hundred years, and they really do have a, an, a huge interest in uh, UFOs in aliens. Um, in fact, I believe it was one of their one of their prelates, one of their priests, who actually runs the Vatican Observatory. They asked him, "What would you do if an alien would you baptize an alien?" And he said, "Yes, if he asked me to." Yeah, the Vatican has a huge interest in um, in aliens. Um, yeah, if you 
as I say, the Vatican has been interested in UFOs, or you can call them UAPs, if it's seen for anything up to what, 300 years. If you look at Catholic art, um, many seem to portray UFOs. One uh, called the Baptism of Christ actually shows a huge disc hovering above uh, hovering above the baptismal site and it's beaming rays down on Jesus in the water with John the Baptist and the Vatican's got its own observatory at Castle Gondolfo in Italy which is the post that the Pope's summer, summer residence that observatory by the way is linked to their other giant telescope on top of Mount Graham in Arizona and that, that goes by the anacronym of Lucifer they call it Lucifer its official name is the Large Binocular Telescope Near Infrared Utility with Camera and Integral Field Unit for Extragalactic Research. So they simply call it Lucifer. Now, what religious organization would, would call their telescope Lucifer? But um, the Reverend Jose Funes, who runs the Vatican Observatory on Mount Graham, he believes not only is it okay for Catholics to believe in alien visitors from other worlds, but should we ever come into contact with them, we should treat them as brothers. And, and the late Monsignor Corrado Balducci, who was a major theologian, member of the Vatican governing body, the Curia, he was an insider close to the Pope, appeared on television, and he appeared once on Italian national television, and he proclaimed extraterrestrial contact is a real phenomenon now how they knew that well that's another story but you were talking about the vatican archives and i believe if you go down into the vatican archives it's going to be a little bit like the end scene in um, in indiana jones and the uh, raiders of the lost ark it's the things they have down there um i think would blow people's minds i remember there was a rabbi, and I tried to find his name on, on YouTube and elsewhere. Can't find it now. I watched his interview, and he was telling the interviewer that he has friends from Israel, rabbis, who believe that the Vatican actually holds the Ark of the Covenant, actually holds a lot of the temple in instruments that were taken by the Romans, shipped to Rome, and then they're, they're hidden somewhere down under the Vatican. And he said... That this this one prelate, this one or this one rabbi rather, was talking to an insider in the Vatican, and he said, I, "I really trust this man, I really trust this guy," and he told this rabbi that the insider in the Vatican said, "I'm going to show you something, but you're not to tell anyone about it." And he said he took me down under the Vatican, he said, and I saw all the instruments for the temple. He said, I saw the golden menorah, the table of shoebread, everything. He said, it's all down there under the Vatican. There was, there was a legend that um, after the Romans took the articles from the temple, that it was first put in a, um, a temple in Rome, and then it was being shipped somewhere else and actually sunk in a storm. But according to this rabbi, no, they're still there. Um, but... If you really want to go into their, their UFOs, I mean, well, you could go into the UFOs, but, but you know, I know we're talking about CERN, and that, of course, brings you into what are they trying to make contact with? 
they're trying to make contact with other beings from other dimensions. In fact, one of the former heads of CERN has actually said that that is what they're trying to do, uh, to, to make contact with something that will come through a portal. Yeah. I mean, the Vatican, it, it, one of the things I think about is this regarding the Vatican and obviously the Roman Catholic Church is obviously there was a Roman Empire and then yeah. the Roman Empire fell. Well, all them treasures and whatever they had their hands on, they must have gone somewhere. Yeah. And like you said before, you know, you talked about the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they have got it. Because, I mean, I were reading uh, online some of, I mean, I've just wrote down some bullet points that the Vatican libraries contain files confirming extraterrestrial activity on Earth. Yeah. And Vatican theologians considered a possibility that Jesus was a star child. This is their theologians. And the Immaculate Conception, which obviously we know is a erroneous um, doctrine, which states that the Virgin Mary was actually free from original sin, which we know that's not true. She was a virgin, but she was still a sinner. But it says that the Immaculate Conception was one of the earliest documented cases of alien abduction and visitation. And thus oh, the yeah. second coming of Christ is expected co to confirm that Jesus was in fact an extraterrestrial or a human alien hybrid. And wow. preparations for an alien God are well on the way. And the church plans to reassure the faithful that the new ET reality doesn't negate the word of the of God and Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and that the Catholic Church is going to embrace the new Savior and encourage people everywhere, religious people everywhere, to do the same. I mean, some of the stuff that comes out of that place is unbelievable. I know, I know. Um, there's a doctor, Dr. Christopher. Baglow, who's the director of science and religion initiative at the University of Notre Dame, and he's he actually said um, he, he they held a they held a, a huge meeting and he 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 um, had a lecture called extraterrestrial life and Catholic theology and he said sacramentally I will hypothesize and everything I will say today is pretty much that. Due to the nature of embodied creatures who have his history, the divine son of God, the Logos, through whom God made the universe, would become incarnate among them, whatever body God had produced that species via evolution. Later on, he said, well, we know Jesus has two natures, human and divine, but it also is theoretically possible that the son could have taken on an alien nature as well. And that I believe that is right, he said. He said, so in that regard, we would say that if you have a, a rational creature, an alien, Christ would not be taken on another human nature in the sense of everything that we are biologically, but he would then be taking on another full nature, whatever that nature would be, the nature of that extraterrestrial that nature of that extraterrestrial rational species. So what he's saying is basically, if there are other beings out in space, you know, Jesus would have had to go and become an alien and die for them. This is Catholics. This is what the Catholic Church is pushing. It's nonsense, isn't it? That's great. There's, there's a simple answer to that. The angels that fell, there's no salvation for them. No. So... He doesn't have to die for anybody. He chose to die for humans and become a human. So you, you could simply, simply debunk that theory straight away, can't we? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's just utter rubbish. So I mean, we've talked about, obviously, the Vatican and what they apparently know. But what do you think about world governments? Like, what do you think they know about the phenomena? Obviously, they've had the um, UAP hearings in the United States this year, and one of these whistleblowers has claimed that there's, they possess bodies of non-human, uh, you know, they've got these crash craft which are of non-human origin. And then he was asked in one of the interviews, this is David Grush we're talking about. Yeah. And he said, one of the interviewers asked him, well, what about the pilots? And he said, well, they've got them as well. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, did you watch the UAP hearings and what are your thoughts on like what world governments possibly know, especially like the US? I, I believe world governments know a lot more than they're letting on. I mean, this phenomenon, we call it, has been going on for well, centuries, centuries, way, way back. Um, and particularly, interestingly, we could, we could go into when it really started uh, in the USA around 1947, but I believe world government knows exactly what's going on. They didn't want Grush to speak. And I honestly, I believe that they aren't aliens from another planet. That's my belief. I believe they're um, very deceptive beings who appear or come through a portal from another, um, another, what would you call it, another dimension. I believe there are beings that come from another dimension through a portal and then they go back again. I do not believe um, if they do become physical, then I believe whatever spirit they are, they leave that, that physical body that they've left behind when it's crashed. I know they have said that there was, they, they did, keep one alive for some time. I really don't know how true that is, Paul. But mm. to me, um, you the, the thing is, you don't really hear of seeing UFOs way out in space. They only seem to appear close to the Earth, which to me indicates they are coming from somewhere else, from some other portal. And I've also, I, I know of cases, lots of cases, in fact, where abductees are supposed to have been taken aboard a spaceship and etc but and taken actually been um had aliens in their bedroom that took them through the wall and into their craft and carried out all different um in, investigations in their body but you see i can't pass through a wall so it would have to be something spiritual and yeah. it's it's turned out that a lot of these people, when they're being abducted, if they cry out and ask Jesus to help them or say, in the name of Jesus, leave me alone, these things are terrified and leave. Now, that is a, that to me shows their real identity. And I think the world could very well be being set up for an, a disclosure, which in fact will be an, an alien stroke demonic uh, disclosure and an alien stroke demonic deception and I believe we're heading right into it Paul yeah definitely I've I've recently interviewed an abductee um, a lady who's wrote a, she's called Karen Wilkinson from Texas she wrote a book called Stolen Seed Evil Harvest right. and she was taken multiple times over a number of years um, and she was actually um, abducted from being a small child. And she talks about being levitated off her bed and, and taken through the window or through the wall. And she said 
because because obviously I, I questioned it quite a lot about the actual me, sort of the mechanism of how yeah. it took place, and and she said that she felt almost it was difficult for her to describe it, but she said when she was being levitated up, it felt like her body was like little balls almost. It was like she was being pulled apart slightly, if you know what I mean, and huh. and and then take she was taken, but she she had, I mean. I recommend you listen to the episode. I published it. Um, it's, I think it's my 20, 26th episode I've published. I mean, it's worth listening to. She even, she even talks of a, an, an alien hybrid hand, handler and everything that was wow. a re, that could shapeshift into a reptilian. I mean, the thing is with the abduction phenomena, it's such a ubiquitous phenomena that happens all over the world and I know within the Christian church, a lot of the time, if you talk about these things, people just don't want to know and they think it's rubbish. I mean, in 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 sort of general life, people think it's rubbish, but it's happening that much. And there's so many people with the same or similar experiences. You can't just ignore it. I mean, I'm not just going to call someone a liar because something sounds beyond what would fit in with a worldview, because as long as it doesn't, it's not contrary to the Bible, I don't see a reason why we we don't believe it. I know there's people that do exaggerate or are attention seekers, but that doesn't mean that everyone that's saying it, and it only takes one of them to be telling the truth. It doesn't need to take over. And one of them tells the truth about being abducted, that, that busts the whole paradigm that you're looking at the world through. And obviously you said you don't believe they're from other planets, and neither do I. So do you believe that fallen angels are actually the pilots of these these craft, these UFOs or UAPs? Yeah, I do. I believe that. I really do, Paul. I think um if if you if you really delve into it, as I know you have, I think when you when you delve into it, you realize that there there is an agenda behind it all. Um if if they've been coming here for centuries and centuries, what what is their purpose? What is the reason? And I believe, as I've just said, I believe it's building up for one huge deception. Um, people have said that when they were abducted, they've actually asked these beings, what about Jesus? And they're told, oh, Jesus was a good man. He's not the son of God. He's not God. He's, he's just a very good man. But And um, you can be saved and go to heaven without even believing in Jesus. And, you know, they, they really just... Um, demoted Jesus. They wouldn't. They yeah. didn't want to talk about Jesus. In fact, mm. so th that to me is a big red flag. That yeah. that if you're from another planet or whatever, um, you would you would know some kind of you would have some kind of spiritual understanding, and, I, and they have a spiritual understanding, and that is to completely. Uh, do away with the Bible, do away with anything to do with, with Jesus Christ. And when that happens, you have to say, well, that is a red flag. There's something wrong here. There is a, a motive behind this. There is an agenda. There is a purpose in what they're doing. Why are they doing this? Why, where are they heading? What have they been doing over the years? If you go back, you can see it's been building up 
over the decades until where we've got to today, where the US government is now actually admitting that these things actually exist. Whereas before, they completely poo-pooed the idea it's swamp gas or it's Venus, you know, or, or, you, or you're just having an hallucination. Now they're coming out and saying they're real. So you can see a, an evolution, if you like, a progression until finally the world is ready to accept these beings. And I believe it's incredibly deceptive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you, obviously, you mentioned that uh, um, these beings have told people, you know, like Jesus isn't the only way. And I had a, a guest on who told me he'd interviewed two gentlemen. They were not, he, this, this man who interviewed was a Christian, but he'd interviewed two non-Christians who had been studying crop circles for a decade. Wow. And he, he asked them, who do you think these beings are that are, are making these crop circles? And these two gentlemen's conclusion, and bearing in mind these aren't Christians, they said to him, well, whoever they are, they're definitely liars and deceivers. And he said, they have an obsession with Jesus and trying to put him down. Yeah. That was yeah. like the obsession. Yeah. There's, um, there, there, there are three really what I would call top men who've investigated UFOs over the years. That's Dr. Jacques Vallée, uh, J. Allen Hynek, and I've forgotten the other guy who, who wrote um, Operation Trojan Horse, John Keel. And these three guys, I mean, they studied UFOs for decades. In fact, when Spielberg did the Close Encounters film, he, he actually had J. Allen Hynek on the set, you know, when when they go down to actually meet the aliens and all the scientists and the engineers are standing there watching what's going on, you actually get a, a picture of J. Allen Hynek standing there with with his 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 pipe, which is his sort of his symbol, if you like. Um, such was the respect for Hynek that that Spielberg actually put him on the set. These three guys, each of them said, "This is nothing to do with." aliens from other planets there is something more spiritual more deceptive here in fact um uh i've forgotten his name again um the french guy um who i just mentioned jack valet no oh jack valet sorry about that i had a, I had a senior moment I had a I had a biden moment um <laughs> jack valet actually wrote a book called messengers of deception they, they totally believe these are not aliens from other planets, but they are somehow spiritual beings and they are very deceptive. And this, I mean, this is coming not from some Christian. These aren't, as far as I know, Jacques Vallée, Hynek and Kiel, that they're not Christians. Um, two of them are dead now, Kiel and Hynek, but all three of them, as far as I'm aware, were not any to, anything to do with being a Christian or trying to defend the Christian faith. So they were totally independent of anything like that. And they all said, this is something spiritual and it's very deceptive and they're not from other planets.
So obviously your book, also you write about CERN. So for those of my listeners who aren't familiar with CERN, could you tell us what CERN is and what the LHC is or the Large Hadron Collider? Yeah, the CERN Hadron Collider, as you say, the LHC, it's the world's largest and it's the most powerful particle collider, the largest and it's most complex experimental facility ever built. And they're looking for something called the God Particle. It's the largest machine in the world. In fact, I believe because of CERN, we have the Internet. That's what I understand. Um, the Internet actually came through CERN. It was built by the European Organization for Nuclear Research, CERN, uh, around between 1998 and 2007, 2008. And you had over 10,000 scientists and engineers from hundreds of countries um, involved in it. It has a tunnel, it lies in a tunnel that is 27 kilometers or 17 miles in circumference. And its depth under the ground is 175 meters or 475 feet. And that's down just on the Franco-Swiss border, just near Geneva. In fact, my daughter used to work in Geneva and she, she actually went to an open day at CERN. Very interesting to talk to my daughter. Now, at present, they've got plans to build a larger Hadron Collider that's actually four times the size of the present one. And that is just going to be phenomenal. Weird things have happened in CERN um, over the years that um, have, have taken place. I believe, um, we, well, we'll get on to that in a moment, but I know they have um, lots of odd symbols. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but one of the one of the weird symbols you see when you go to CERN is that they somehow have three sixes intertwined with each other. Well, anybody knows. I mean, even if you're not a Christian, you know, you know what six 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 stands for, and that's the the coming Antichrist that the Bible speaks about. He's got the number six 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 or six hundred and sixty six associated with his name. It's numeral numerology. So how do we say this is a coincidence? Why are there three sixes there? What do three sixes have to do with the Large Hadron Collider? Um, according to some, it's not simply speaking about the very beginnings of the universe. That's like a billionth of a second after the universe was created. But many believe they're attempting to open portals to other dimensions that will result in who knows what. Well, we simply don't know. These portals could open up and invite other beings, perhaps, into our world, like we've been speaking about, hostile beings, spiritual beings, out to deceive us all. Now, another curious oddity at CERN is the a statue of the Hindu god Shiva, which stands at the entrance to CERN. Well, Shiva is known as the destroyer of worlds. And that was unveiled in uh, 2004. It was a gift from India. So there would also appear to be a definite link between quantum physics. Most modern day physicists are not aware of, but there's a, a link between, I believe, the occult. Um, I mean, Shiva 
they say, is a metaphor for the cosmic dance that unifies ancient mythology, religious art, and modern physics. So a lot of modern-day physicists are not only aware, but also very familiar with the occult teachings of the East from where they get their inspiration. And intuitively, they recognize the similarities, which they openly admit now. Um, it's CERN's hidden goal, or is it CERN's hidden goal, to open a portal to what the Bible calls the bottomless pit. Paul, a lot of these um, physicists now actually call CERN the bottomless pit when they're operating on it. And the bottomless pit, anyone who knows their Bible, is from where the spirit of Antichrist will come and inhabit world's final dictator. Now, that all sounds really crazy. But when you realize that top physicists working there at Hertz um, actually refer to the opening of a portal as to opening the bottomless pit, you've got to think, what are they doing? So there may be a very visible link between CERN, its layout, and the diagram. If you look at CERN from the air, it's the diagram of its layout. It's very interesting because it's very much like the diagram of the seven planes of reality or dimensions that um, Helena Blavatsky talked about or wrote about. She was the head of the, the um, occult theosophy. She wrote a book called The Secret Doctrine. And in that, she wrote, space and time are one. Space and time are nameless, for they are incognizable. That which can be sensed only through its seven rays, which are the seven creations, the seven worlds, the seven laws. Well, we could also say, Paul, seven dimensions or portals that we can mention perhaps in a moment, as well as that odd link between theosophy and the occult teachings of the seven planes. It, I, I should say that two theosophist brothers, Russell and Sigurd Verlian, who were obviously very aware of this occult teaching of the seven planes and other beings, they invented something called the high-efficiency Klistron technology, which CERN now uses. Now, that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You, you mentioned Shiva there, and, and obviously we've talked to, we've said that it, the place is called CERN, and, I, and, I, and when I was reading... There was also an article that said this CERN is also there's a there's an old god called Cernunos, and that is also what Shiva is as well can be referred to as Cernunos. I don't know if you've heard that. I've, but that's I've an heard article. that. Yeah, I'd forgotten yeah. that. You're absolutely right. Very... Yeah, so I found found that like you you said there's this symbolism and these can't be coincidences. No, I don't believe that the coincidences. No, there's there something, was actually... there's something behind it that. Mm. The, the rest of the world isn't being told. And maybe even some of the physicists aren't aware of it, but there is certainly something behind this. Perhaps it's uh, part of the big spiritual deception, and maybe they're even deceived. Who knows? Yeah, I, 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 I think they probably are deceived, a lot of them, if not all of them. But there's going to be those at the top that know more about what's going on. It, yeah. It's... It's like when I did a I did an episode on the moon landings, and one of one of the things about that is, is that not everyone knows what's going on because you each have your own little department, or it's compartmentalized, so you yeah. only know your little bit. Yeah. So it's probably the same at CERN. 
Yeah. So they don't have the full picture. A lot yeah. of these scientists who were working on it. Yeah, but, but as there you was said, that some of the some of the top guys must have an idea. I mean, yeah, the former director of CERN, he was a physicist, and all named Sergio Bertolucci, and he said the uh, Large Hadron Collider may create a door, but we could say a portal. He said it could create a door to extra dimensions. And he said, well, we don't know. Something may come out of that door or we might get to set something through it. And he said, the Titanic machine may possibly create or discover previously unimagined scientific phenomena or unknown unknowns. For instance, even an extra dimension. So they want to create a portal to an unknown dimension, regardless of what those risks may be. And that sounds crazy. It is crazy. There was actually the opening ceremony, the um, Gothard base tunnel opening ceremony. How How's that connected, do you believe, to the return of these old gods? Because obviously we're talking about portals and things. They've got to come through somewhere. And there was that bizarre ceremony. How do you think that's connected? I think it's very connected. I, I believe the whole thing is a deception. I think the whole world is being suckered into this. And I watched the opening of the Gothard Tunnel. I watched the whole ceremony. I've never seen anything so occultic or demonic. I mean, you even had the guy there with horns making, you know, making love to, to these women and whatever. And, birthing something it was absolutely weird and some of the the way the people were acting there you could see there was just something they just let themselves loose some people if you can find it on youtube people should watch that the opening of the gothard tunnel because it was something you've never seen before i mean you open a tunnel somebody cuts a ribbon but this was nothing like that at all nothing mm. at all it was totally demonic and occultic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I would say to my listeners, if you believe that this Hedron Collider has only been built to crash particles together and nothing else, I would suggest you do some research because these things we're talking about are not coincidences. Yeah. Like Bob's just said, this this opening ceremony, normally, like I say, you just cut a ribbon, but it's so occultic and dark, everything surrounding this place that, I don't believe that these are coincidences. And and talking about sort of portals and darkness, in your book you talk about Alistair Crowley, Jack Parsons, and Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Could you could you tell us who these three guys are, first well, of all, and yeah, what, sure. if anything, they have anything to do with CERN or how there's sort of a link to them? Yeah, I, I believe there is a link, Paul. Um, for those who don't know, Alistair Crowley, he was known as the wickedest man in the world. He changed the numerical value of his name to make out the number 666. So he was, um, he was, as I say, he was known as the wickedest man in the world. Um, I did actually, years ago, when I, when I was actually in the occult, um, that's, God brought me out of the occult, so I do know a little bit about the occult. Um, I spoke to a, a guy who was very much into the occult, who lived near Alistair Crowley, and he said that Crowley uh, sent some being to where they were, 
and they sent it back to Crowley, and that was the day Crowley died. But going back um, in, what was it, March of 1918, Crowley started a, a series of magical workings that he called the Alamantra workings. That was in New York City. And just like the ancient worshippers of pagan gods, Crowley's plan was to contact beings from other dimensions. And he had at least one manifest through a portal that he supposedly opened. And that entity that came through the portal, he named him, or was named Lan. Crowley asked the creature what its name was. And the creature said, my name is Lan. And if you, if you look that up, on the internet, you can you can actually tap that into Google, uh, go to Google Images, and look up Lamb, spelled L-A-M, Alistair Crowley Lamb, and but Lamb is a Tibetan word for the way. Well, as Christians, it's interesting that he called himself Lamb because we know that Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. So Crowley's creature was directly contradicting the claims of Christ. Now, after that encounter, he drew a portrait of Lamb, and you can, as I say, look that up on, on Google. Go to Google Images and look it up. One of Crowley's disciples was this guy you've mentioned called Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was an astrophysicist. He was an occultist. When Crowley died, Parsons attempted the same experiment, naming it the Babylon working um, and he tried through sexual magic to bring about the birth of the antichrist he did this with a woman he was involved with he hoped that the spirit of the being named Thelema uh, would come through a portal enter the woman and birth the antichrist now Parsons assistant now this is a shock to a lot of people Parsons assistant was a man many will remember a man by the name of Ron L. Hubbard. He went on to become the founder of Scientology. So Hubbard and, and, and Jack Parsons worked together to bring about this being. Now, no one's sure if they actually managed to succeed in opening the portal, because according to some, what they did experience terrified them so much, they abandoned the entire project. Parsons was no dummy he was a physicist he was actually founder of the jet propulsion laboratory but due to his behavior he was later fired from it sometime later and i mentioned these because i said crowley made contact with an entity that resembles the so-called gray aliens of ufo stories you look at the picture of lamb it's almost identical to these grays of ufo mythology or you want to call it mythology i do and interestingly the Parsons and Ron Hubbard experiments tried to copy Crowley's and his and his actual encounter. Well, those experiments ended abruptly in 1946, but they thought they had opened some kind of a portal. They'd, they'd torn the fabric of time, is what some said. And it's so interesting that a year later, in 1947, we have the appearance of UFOs and Kenneth Arnold. And that's when the whole UFO thing started to burst upon the scene across the planet. So is there a link? I believe very possibly there is. Mm -hmm. So you go back to what's happening now and CERN. 
In July 22, CERN attempted their biggest experiment to date. Officially, their experiment was supposed to learn more about the Higgs boson and how particles interact with each other. But there are rumors abounding that they were actually attempting to open a portal to an, to an alternative universe. Now, on that day when the experiment happened, CERN's control room was flooded with reports from scientists all around the world asking, what the heck's going on? Because something had gone terribly wrong. It, because they said, when the, experiment's when the experiment was over, a strange energy had been released that couldn't be explained. And that event has become known as the portal incident. So friends can look that up. Look up CERN, portal incident. And there's some strange, I mean, you've seen things on YouTube about strange ceremonies, um, sacrifices at CERN, whether that's real or whether it's something that the people at CERN did just for a joke, uh, we don't know. I think it was obvious. Uh, to me, it was pretty obvious that it was just a put on. But there's obviously something going on there. Yeah. I mean, we we're talking about portals and everything. And I read this quote online, some guy called Adam Bark of Tech Bubble writing about CERN. And he said that with the Large Hedron Collider, CERN are expecting to find other dimensions and open portals to these dimensions. If you have the image of a Stargate in your head right now, you are spot on. One of CERN's goals is to recreate Jacob's Ladder and reopen a portal that is said to have existed between Earth, Mars, Venus and Saturn when the planets were in alignment many years ago. But whether Jacob's Ladder really existed, CERN are pretty sure that other dimensions do and have made it their goal to ensure that they open the portals up to them. So... Wow. I, I mean, mean, when, you, when about... you think about that, when you think about that, Paul, that that ties in very well with the way UFOs are said to just appear and then vanish. They seem to just snap, come through a portal, and snap, they've gone again. Mm. The dimension thing is is obviously quite mind blowing because we talk about you know other dimensions and. Obviously, we live in a three-dimensional world. We know there's at least four dimensions. I mean, they even have the theory, the string theory, that says there's possibly ten dimensions. But, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the rabbis I, used to say that. Did you know that? Yeah, The, the rabbis so. used to say there are ten dimensions. I mean, to me, that's like... It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I, I mean, I have a, I have yeah. a book that sort of... It's called Alien Intrusion, which I've read, and and... and it, it sort of an exp gives a little explanation. And uh, the explanation is that you've got this place called Flatland, which is a two-dimensional land. Right. And within that, um, these people who, these Flatlanders, they can only move sort of side to side and up and down. They can't, they can't go over anything. So one day a line appears and because they can't, so it's basically the book, it has a picture of a rectangle and it has some feet that appear and these little circles are the flatlanders and then they draw a circle around these feet but that circle becomes um, an event horizon which they can't cross over 
And because the being that's coming in and out is a three-dimensional being, and that's how it was explained in this book. So you had this two-dimensional world, and then if a if the this three-dimensional being comes in and draws this line, the flatlanders are then cut off from one another because they can't go over. So obviously we're we're in a three-dimensional world, but we're talking about at least four-dimensional beings. We were talking about them popping in and out, like you said about the UFOs. But because we're three-dimensional, it's it's so difficult for us to understand, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's an excellent uh, video. I think you can see it on on uh, YouTube, and it's by Chuck Missler. And you look up Chuck Missler on UFOs, and he just blows your mind with those with that with that exact same explanation you were just mm. giving. And, yeah, I mean, Chuck Missler gives a wonderful um, talk on that. Well over an hour, I believe. Yeah. So, so dimensions, obviously, I mean, it's clear from all the information that's coming out of CERN that this this is what they're trying to do. But what, what do you think the Vatican, if anything, has anything to do with dimensions and other dimensions and what they possibly know about it? Well, I think, as we said before, I think they, they know about UFOs and aliens. I'm sure they do. They've got a huge interest in CERN. Um, they've actually been exchanging scientists with CERN since, what, 2012? And it's the Vatican that awards lead scientists at CERN for their work, would you believe? If, if as a scientist that's done great work, the Vatican gives them the award. And in September, the 15th, in September 2015, Pope Francis actually appointed the Director General of CERN, somebody called uh, Fabiola Gian, Gianotti, to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. The Pope said that he had named Gianotti as an ordinary member of the Academy. Now, Gianotti is an Italian experimental particle physicist. She's the first female director of CERN, and she became the first director general since CERN was founded back in 1954. She'd been elected for a second four or five-year term. And she actually heads CERN today. Now, for your listeners' research, Chianotti is also on the board of the trustees for, would you believe, the World Economic Forum, headed by Klaus Schwab. You see, they're all pals together. And another of interest is Gabriele Gionti. I hope I've said that. Gabriele Gionti is in charge of a scientific collaboration between the Vatican Observatory and the theoretical division of CERN. Now, since back in 2010, he has been a member of the staff of the VORG, that is the Vatican Observatory Research Group, V-O-R-G, the VORG. And he studies what we've just been saying, the string theory, which focuses on, among other things, the study of more dimensions, more than the four observable. In other words, perhaps other worlds other beings. And so there's a definite link between the Vatican and the CERN. Also, back in 2009, Paul, the Pontifical Academy of Sciences held a week-long conference with over 30 astronomers, biologists, geologists, and religious leaders. And what did they want to discuss? They discussed the question of the existence of extraterrestrials. One of the speakers at the event was a physicist by the name of Paul Davis. They also had Jill C. Tater, who is the director of the, the, the Centre for SETI, 
the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And numerous astrobiologists and astronomers were there also. Uh, they, they, they're all researching extra solar planets. They were also in attendance and they all gave lectures. And from June the 4th to the 6th, 2021, there was a conference of the Society of Catholic Scientists. And that was held in Washington, D.C. at the Hilton. And the theme of the conference, Paul? Extraterrestrials, AI and minds beyond the human. There was a guy there by the name of Dr. Christopher Baglow. He was a, he's the director of the Science and Religious. He, he was his. Let me get that straight. Get my I'm tongue tied. He's the director of the Science and Religion Initiative at the University of Notre Dame. And as I said, I, I think I've said before, he was the keynote speaker, and he's saying that you know we we should accept these beings as our brothers. the ancient alien sort of theory isn't it that's popularized it and there are there are um benevolent space brothers but i mean what i would say to people who think that is the benevolent space brothers abduct children and perform experiments on them yeah. that's not benevolent that's that's what i would say to people like that yeah it's um, very interesting it, paul over the years i mean i've been interested in this since well go back way way back back to the 60s I was constantly buying books on UFOs. And there's a, there's a guy by the name, I think he's possibly passed away now, I'm not sure, called Brad Steiger. And Brad Steiger wrote a, a, a few books about the occult and things like that. But one of the very interesting books he, he wrote was uh, Flying Sources Are Hostile. And he get, it's a very interesting book, if you can get a hold of it, Flying Sources are hostile now it's interesting that back in those days people were saying how hostile they were and now that's graduated to today but now they're our alien brothers yeah you see how it's changed over the years and how the catholic church and i'm not saying ordinary catholics as i say i've got nothing against catholic people whatsoever it's the institution but over the years the Catholic Church has been so involved in this um, that if you, if your, if your listeners look at Anthony Patch, Anthony Patch has studied CERN and the agenda there for over twenty-five years. Now he's said by many to be the man you need to go to if you want to ask questions about CERN's agenda. Now, according to Patch's research. CERN is already in communication with entities on the other CERN. On, on the other, let me say that again. According to his research, CERN is already in communication with entities on the other side. And CERN leaders now believe the entities are, in fact, our benevolent ancestors, as you've said, from the stars. Now, when he was asked who, according to his research, is actually behind all the financing of the CERN agenda for contacting alien beings. 
Anthony Patch didn't stop for a moment. Immediately, he replied, get it right out of the Vatican. He said, the Pope is only a figurehead and the entire world is now in lockstep taking their orders from the Vatican. Wow, that's quite a statement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting you say there that the Pope is just a figurehead because I've been doing some research regarding this and apparently there's actually two other popes and there's a super Jesuit who's the black pope yeah. who's even more powerful than the white pope, the figurehead. Yeah. But there's sort of rumours and stories. And I, I mean, obviously this doesn't come from the Vatican, but this is during the course of my research. There's actually the grey pope who who he's the true pope apparently and this is the theory is that the grey pope is actually of the bloodline of the popes and the other popes the white pope and the black pope they're simply classed as commoners so the one that we see is obviously the white pope then you have the super jesuit i forgot the guy's name who's who's the super jesuit who's actually the black pope um, no, I, I know i know they there. i know they changed Leadership change. just, a, uh, just a couple of years ago or so, the other one died. Yeah, I, 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 I've forgotten his name. Hmm. So you have, like you, you said, the average Roman Catholic wouldn't have a clue about any of these things. They no. just think no. that this Pope is it, Pope Francis. He he's like the figure. He, he's the leader. But I mean, I've recently seen a video of Pope Francis kissing the Rothschilds' hands. Yeah. I mean, that yes, tells you I everything. That, that yeah, tells I, you everything. I saw that. I mean, sorry, if you watch, sorry, yeah, I yeah. I saw that too. Yeah, kissing, he kissed one of the Rothschild's hands. Now that makes you think. I looked at it and I thought, so actually, who's in charge? That's right. Well, that you'd, there was not even any commentary needed there. No, that actual video does spoke volumes, and and he looked submissive towards them when he kissed their hands. Wow! So that tells wow. you everything. Yeah. But, but in your book, I think it's probably your final chapter, I think, if my memory serves me correctly. You talk about CERN, the third temple, and the rising of Apollyon. Oh, Could you sort of explain that, like the chapter, and how that's all linked them three things? Um, <laughs> well, CERN, as I've said to you, they believe uh, that they're going to contact other dimensions. And the physicists, they're actually called when they're trying to open a portal they're calling it the bottomless pit now if you go to the book of revelation you'll find that out of the bottomless pit comes a spirit that will enter the coming antichrist so that's all in tune with that and then of course you could you could see where we are today with what is going on in israel i mean if you want to go into the building of the temple um Ever since the Jews have been back in Israel, the, the whole thing has been build the temple, build the temple, build the temple. Um, when the Six-Day War occurred and they recaptured Jerusalem, uh, the, the call with them was to build a temple on the Temple Mount because at the end of the Six-Day War, Israel actually captured the whole of the Temple Mount. They had control of it where the old temple once stood. So the call then was, let's build the temple now. 
but instead Moshe Dayan, who was then the the leader of uh, not the not the prime minister, but he was actually the leader of the army in charge of the armed forces. He decided to hand the Temple Mount back to the Muslims. Now the, that that has been a thorn in their side ever since. But the the plan to build a temple is still going forward. In fact, there's a um, there's there's a web page called God's Holy Mountain Project, and you can see where Muslims and Jews are trying to come together to build a temple, not instead of the Dome of the Rock, but to the north of the Dome of the Rock. Um, if you go back into the old rabbis um moses Maimonides of uh, the the middle ages he had he had books that we no longer have contact with we've no no longer got those books and he was able to say through his studies that if you stood on the mount of olives and looked through what is known as the eastern gate or the golden gate you could look through that and straight into the holy of holies well the holy of holies um would have been north of where the Dome of the Rock is now because they've discovered that the eastern gate that you see today is actually built over the old eastern gate that was destroyed many centuries ago. So it's still in the same place as the original eastern gate. And if you look through that, you come to a, a point called the Dome of the Spirits, just north of the Dome of the Rock. And there was a famous, um, I won't mention his name, but there was a famous American evangelist who was showing his tour group around the Temple Mount. He actually stepped inside this Dome of the Spirits. It's a little cupola. I've actually had my photograph standing there beside it. He stood inside it showing people and saying, this is probably where the Ark of the Covenant once stood. And immediately the Muslims in charge of the Temple Mount got hold of him and his group, they ushered them off the Temple Mount because of what they'd done. They, the Muslims count that place as very holy. They won't say why. And there's actually a, a Muslim booklet, and they wouldn't want to hear this. There's a Muslim booklet that gives you a tour of the Temple Mount dated 1925, where they say the Temple Mount once held the Temple of Solomon and the Temple of Herod. So... The Muslims know, really, that's where the temple was, even though they deny it today. They know. In Israel, you can go to a place called the Temple Institute. I've been there several times, and they've actually built or recreated all the instruments needed to go into the temple once it's built. They've got the, temp they've got the table of shewbread. They have the menorah, the golden menorah. They have the... the um, and they haven't got the Ark of the Covenant, but they do have a uh, they have a model of it. But they're waiting for the real Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> and funnily enough, once this this young lady showed me around, showed me all the instruments, silver trumpets, um, instruments where they pour water, and everything they need is there except for the Ark of the Covenant. So, I was talking to this girl afterwards, and. Uh, I said to you, you have everything. You've got everything here ready for the temple. Where is the temple? And she said, well, we, we believe there are 13 locations where the temple is. And we think we know where the Ark of the Covenant is too. Or whether we, we have 13 locations where we believe the temple should stand. 
And we also believe we know where the, where the Ark of the Covenant once stood or where, where it is. I said, you know where the Ark of the Covenant is? She said, yes, we believe we know where the Ark of the Covenant is today and we'll bring it out when the temple is built. So I leant across at the counter and I went, I said, uh, well, you can tell me, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> she, she just laughed and waved her hands and went, no, 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 sir, I can't tell you. And I said, but do you really believe you know where the Ark of the Covenant is? She said, yes, we do. We know where the Ark of the Covenant is, but it's not going to be brought out until the temple is built. And I said, well, where will the temple stand? She said, north of the Dome of the Rock. They don't want the mm. dome. They don't want the dome destroyed. The archaeologists, um, Israeli archaeologists, are all saying, majority of them say, north of the Dome of the Rock, where the, the Dome of the Spirits stands. So they're ready. All they need is the go-ahead. And once the Antichrist comes, or if there is a major peace in the Middle East, you could actually see a temple being built. And I believe we're leading up that, to that today with many of the things that are happening in the world right now, unfortunately. Because yeah. I, I, Can I just say there are lots of Christians who donate to the building of the third temple. And I'd like to say to them, if they're listening, do not do that. Because once the temple is built, they will reinstitute the sacrifices for sin and the other sacrifices. But Jesus was the final sacrifice for our sins. There are no more sacrifices for sins. And if you contribute to rebuilding the temple, you're contributing to them uh, carrying out sacrifices for sin. That is a terrible thing for a Christian to do. Jesus was the final sacrifice. You're helping them create more sacrifices for sin when Jesus was the last one. Yeah. I concur, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that I always think about when you are these so-called Christians obsessed, they're obsessed over Israel, they're obsessed with the building of this third temple. And, and I Israel just say, can do Listen, no wrong. And Israel can do no wrong. Well, it's absolute blasphemy, like you said, because Christ is the last sacrifice. Yes, we is. don't need a temple. We don't need the Ark of the Covenant. We don't need these sacrifices. He is the final sacrifice. We can speak to God directly through him by faith in him and it's it's just i mean this is what's going on in israel right now is obviously terrible um and 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 my 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 point of view is this i just want everyone to stop dying on both sides i want yeah. people to stop yeah. being killed you know um i mean when i've looked at this situation in israel and i've considered and i did a little bit of a i, I don't often do YouTube videos. My, my podcast is really for, for sort of audio on Spotify and Apple and wherever else people can listen to podcasts. But sometimes I put some of my interviews on there and I sometimes do the odd little PowerPoint presentation. And I did one where I was talking about this situation with the Israel and Hamas conflict. And and I just wanted people to think really and say and, and, and get them to think, well, hang on, the mainstream media, this is what they want us to believe. They want us to believe that this group called Hamas breached this border at 17 different locations, bearing in mind this border is monitored 
24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last 30 years. They have soldiers everywhere. If a bird poos on this and it lands on it, an alarm goes off. They have this iron dome that shoots rockets down and they would have us believe that these people penetrated at 17 different points, met no resistance whatsoever, and Mossad didn't know about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't accept that. I to me, it looks like a false flag. A false flag. And I they've totally gone in agree. now. Yeah. yeah. I totally they've gone agree. into Gaza. Yeah. The well, flag I, I, in I, the place. I'm sorry, I, I totally agree with you, Paul. Um, it took up to seven hours for these forces to actually uh, respond. Um, mm. I, I was watching a young lady who was at the, the 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 celebration, you know, that was going on in southern Israel when they came over. I mean, they burst through the fence. They came in tractors. They came in, they, they even came in golf carts and on bicycles. And then they came in on um, kites, you know. Um, yeah. But... This girl was saying, she said, we, we ran. We heard people being shot, screaming. We hid in some bushes. She said, and we were telling each other, don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry, they'll hear you. And she said, we could hear being, people being shot all around us. She said, I, I got onto my cell phone and I called the police. And they said, sorry, we can't come. You're on your own. And put the phone down. Seven hours? Yeah. Seven hours? And it wasn't the security forces that found the girls. It was a guy who wondered what was happening down there, came down on his own, found the girls in the bushes, got them in his car and took them away. Yeah. that People need to, when they're watching the news, they need to understand that everything is edited. The camera angle can change the entire story just yeah. by the actual camera angle they're using. And that there is a global elite who, who have an agenda as well who Satan is leading these people, ultimately. And Mossad are the most sophisticated intelligence service on Earth. And we, we I, I'm not accepting that they didn't know about it. And in fact, the, the weapons that Hamas have, they're American weapons. Yeah, they used yeah. to have Russian weapons. They've now got American weapons yeah. that they believe they got through the Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's so much to do with it. I mean, Egypt has said that they warned Israel a week before the invasion. They warned them a week and Israel ignored it. Now, yeah. if you're being told there's something going on in the border between your country and another country, you need to look at it. You don't say, oh, don't worry about it. It's OK. It's fine. There's something wrong, Paul. Something very, very wrong. And I agree with you that there is a narrative that we are being fed that is not right. And I've just I've just uploaded a video on my YouTube account which sort of um, talks about that. I address that because I think as thinking people, we need to you can get very emotional about it. You see dead babies, you see people burnt to death in cars, you see young young girls, dead bodies being paraded through the streets of Gaza, etc. But you need to be able to, to step back and think, what is going on here? What is the big picture? And as you look at it, you see, I believe both sides are being played 
both sides are being played. I don't think it's just Hamas. Yes, what they did was horrific, was demonic. But, and, and I believe also, it seems like it was allowed. And there's going to be huge questions asked of Netanyahu and his government when this is finished. I think you could actually see the end of Netanyahu's entire political career because there's something very, very wrong. I mean, I know they said this was Israel's 9-11, and I agree because I wonder, I ask questions about 9-11 too. We need to sit back and ask what is going on. And I think there's a, not only a physical elite, I think there is a spiritual elite behind the physical elite that's guiding men to do these things. And I'm wondering whether we're going to see uh, Bible prophecy come true. Uh, in the next few weeks, days, years, I believe we could very well see, well, Isaiah, no, Zechariah chapter 12, where God said he's going to make Jerusalem a stone, a burdensome stone, even if all the world comes against it. And then you have Isaiah 17, where Damascus somehow is flattened, but people talk about this, but you don't read on. That's the problem. We'll quote a verse and say, look, Israel's going to flatten Damascus. Read on. It says Israel will be left very, very weakened. And I believe that may be the very door that will let the Antichrist come in, take control. We, we don't know. Things, things out there at the moment are absolutely horrific. I saw when the attack first happened, Paul, I, I immediately I heard about it. I was out having a coffee with friends. I heard about it. I immediately came back, went onto social media, and I started downloading the photographs that were coming out. Photographs and videos that were being sent to Twitter and other places by the Hamas operatives. And later in the day, those photographs, those videos were taken down. And what I saw, you'd sit there and you'd cry. They were horrific. But by, what, six o'clock, seven o'clock that evening, most of them had vanished. So we are not being told the full extent of the horror. It was a horror. We're not being told of the full extent of the horror that's going on in Gaza. I, I saw um, some reports yesterday, you know, the, the uh, missile or whatever it was from Israel that actually landed just outside the hospital. Um, and there, there's dead children there. And I mean, some people say, oh, they're actors. But no, I saw this guy pick a body of a young boy up. That boy believe me, was dead. He was, there was no acting there. The guy picked him up and the guy, the boy's head just lolled back and was rocking about like, like a doll. It was just, he was totally broken. The arms and legs were just flailing everywhere. You don't do that if you're acting. It was, it was just like picking up a, a body, a, a dummy, you know, a toy. Yeah. It was, it was horrific, horrific. So I, mean, I, I think we're being led on. Uh, to yeah. by by spiritual forces that are that are manipulating world leaders, the elite of the, the world, to bring us to a point where we enter this last days scenario, where the antichrist comes out of the pit, or the spirit of the antichrist comes out of the pit, takes over a global leader, one who's going to rise up soon, and then you're going to have world government. You're going to have a digital currency. You're going to be totally controlled. And I believe this is part, may not be the whole thing. It may die down, but it's a step toward what is coming. Yeah. 
totally agree with you. I mean, you mentioned there about actors. I mean, just just for people who don't know, they do use crisis actors. They do, but and 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 I'll be honest with you, a lot of the footage I've seen, a lot of it looks real. Like you said, I've seen the kids and some of the kids they're not acting, but there is other footage that I've seen and I've looked at it and gone, that's not real. So there's there's real footage and there's footage. I mean, there's there's a picture I've seen today on Twitter of a child, and when you look at the picture, the child's got six fingers. So the, the, someone had put on that they believed that they'd used AI and they'd messed up, and that's why this child's holding up his hand yeah. and he's got six fingers. So there's so much we've got to plough through to get to the actual reality of it. But the point is, I mean, you, obviously we've talked about CERN, other dimensions and portals and all these things, and now we've talked about Israel. But ultimately, like, it's all leading to the rise of the beast, the Antichrist, yeah. who... Yeah. Could be that CERN could have its link to that in the fact that they open this portal and it comes through. But just sort of to wrap this up, we've obviously mentioned Antichrist. Do you do you believe that the Antichrist will be obviously we know he'll be a human being, but do you think he'll be completely possessed by Satan? Or do you think he will be like do you think the Antichrist, if he's on Earth now, knows who he is? Because because I've I've heard I've heard different interviews in the past, um, and I'm interviewing a gentleman soon who actually adopted Anton Lavey's daughter, and she was conceived in um, a sort of ritual ceremony. With a with a some kind of witch that he had intercourse with, and they believed they were trying to produce the actual Antichrist. So, what who do you like? I'm not obviously don't want you to say names because we have no clue. But do you think it's going to be like a world leader who's possessed, or or what do you think? I th I think whoever he is, I think obviously he's going to be possessed, demonically mm. possessed by Satan himself, probably. Um, but there's also the the, the question of um, who he is uh, is he is he around now do we see him now i mean like you said you don't want to name names and there are lots of names we we could use but um it seems from what, the way the bible speaks about these end times it said there's going to be like 10 regions 10 kings 10 10 areas uh, initially and out of this area this man is suddenly going to spring up so it could be, you, you remember like Zelensky suddenly appeared on the scene. None of us knew who the guy was. It could be somebody like that who, when these 10 regions or 10 kings or 10 uh, areas come up, this Antichrist, this person is going to spring up and perhaps shock us all. But um, having said that about the 10, the whole world already is in 10 regions. I'm sure you know, um, the Club of Rome, did that back in 1975, I think. And you only have to look at the back of your DVD cover and you'll see that you're on region whatever, region one, region two, that that is the region of where you are in the world. And there are 10 regions around the world. So are they the 10 regions? I don't know. I know the Jesuits actually divided America into 10 regions at one point. Uh, so... We have to watch and see just what will happen. The prophecy, Paul, is 
you, you understand prophecy in retrospect. You look back and you say, 1948, that was a fulfillment of prophecy when the Jews came back to Israel. That's when it happened. Or you say, 1967, yes, that's when the Bible says that they recaptured Jerusalem. Or you can say um, things, things like this. You know, the, the rise of the old Roman Empire. We could look at the EU and say, is that it? It's only as you move further on and look back that you see and say, that was that fulfillment of prophecy. So you may be seeing these 10 nations now. We may not. But we've got to look for this guy who's going to suddenly appear and just take over. And that the whole world is going to say, this guy has the master plan. He is the master peacemaker, when in fact, he's the master deceiver. And we really need to be looking out for him, because I think many people are going to be totally deceived, totally on board with this guy when he makes his appearance, because it's just going to be wonderful. I mean, the Bible says that people are going to say, who is able to make war with this guy? Who can make war with this chap? He's, he's fantastic. So you can see that coming because... It also says he's going to have a spiritual sidekick. And through them, they're going to bring in what we believe will be a digital currency. You have to have a mark on your hand or your forehead so that you can't buy or sell unless you have this mark. You can see that being implemented now with digital currency, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. That's coming around right now. And they are in some places being implanted in their hands uh, you can look look on twitter and you can see these the videos where people are being implanted in their hands to buy their groceries to buy a car there i think there's if you go on twitter i think you need to tap in lady buys groceries with her hand and she's trying out this chip in her right hand and she puts her hand over this thing and somebody says don't worry it will work and you hear bing that's it. It's paid for through a bank account. Fujitsu supermarkets now have a, an ad on YouTube where you, it shows a, a cartoon of a lady going shopping and, and a guy going shopping. They do two of them. Um, we'll, take the, we'll take the lady one. She's going with her trolley towards the checkout. And it says, long queues for her? No way. Then she goes over to this other checkout and she just pushes her trolley between these two barriers or these two sort of side walls. She just pushes the trolley there and you see this invisible thing go zing, zing across her shopping. And up on the screen, it says, how would you like to pay? Would you like to pay cash, card or palm? And it says, this lady wants to pay palm. And you see, I put her right hand over this thing and it ding. She's paid for her, she's paid for her groceries and whatever, said Fujitsu's new store of the future. And I think Amazon are doing something like that too now. It's it's coming. And before we would never have believed it. I mean, this was spoken about 2000 years ago. How on earth did the Apostle John, writing in the book of Revelation 2000 years ago, know there would come a day when you would be able to buy things with your hand or with a chip in your forehead. How was that? 
It's mm. impossible to have even envisaged that. I mean, he was in the Roman Empire. How would they yeah. be able to check everybody in the empire? But now you yeah. can. And, and I, actual, I, I asked the same question at well, work the, the other Greek, day. The actual Greek word means to scratch or um, to to sort of score something in the, in the skin. I know Seventh-day Adventists say it's worshipping on Sunday, but it's not that. You know, it's what you do with your hand, what you do with your thinking. But no, it's it actually means to actually pierce the skin, either in the hand or the forehead. Now, in Greek, the hand can be anything from your fingertips to your elbow, which is why we say Jesus was, Jesus was pierced in his hands. He was actually pierced in the wrist. Because if you pierced him in the hand, the weight of the body would just have torn the skin through the nails. So it's we're living in fascinating times with CERN, with the Vatican, with the elite around the world, the New World Order, the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, and so on. And the, the ability soon to bring in a cashless society, maybe before even the Antichrist arrives. Who knows? We, we live in incredible times. And my message, if I finish, is, friends, you've got to get right with Jesus Christ because the Bible is totally true, cover to cover. And I've been telling my kids for decades that these days were coming. And I went for coffee with my daughter the other day. She's in her 50s now. And she said, I'll get the coffee, Dad. And she went to pay with her card. And I said, you know what, darling? That's soon going to be in your hand. And she said, Dad, I remember you telling me this decades ago. I went, so remember it, darling. Don't forget. Yeah. I, I pay cash for everything now. Because I bank with Nat West and um, I was reading something about them. Um, basically, track. Obviously, obviously, card payments can be tracked. Yeah. And, and now the score in you, the carbon score in you, so I thought, well, I'll have a look at my carbon score. My carbon score, I don't, I don't use any carbon because <laughs> I use cash because right. they don't know what I'm buying because it's private. And that's what I would say to everyone. Keep your yeah. transactions private. But we mentioned, yeah. obviously, CBDCs. And, and we've, we've talked, obviously, about the book of Revelation and how did John know in 90 AD when he talked about a mark in the hand or in the forehead, and you couldn't buy or sell. Like Bob's just said, guys, you if you don't, if you're not a Christian, I know there's Christians who listen to this, and I've got listeners from, I think about 31 different countries. If you're not a Christian, you need to get into the Bible. You need to read the Bible. You need to believe in Jesus. That's that's just the facts of the matter. It's not a storybook. It's a factual book, a historical book, and a book that tells you what's going to happen. Well, Bob, it's been a fascinating chat with you. Um, such fascinating topics. Um, just before we sort of wrap this up, could you tell people where they can sort of listen, like about you, because obviously you've got a YouTube channel. Just tell us a little bit just about that, the name of the YouTube channel, and also where they can get hold of your books. Okay, happy to. I, I, and thank you so much, Paul, for having me on. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I, I, you've really got my juices going, man. Um, yeah, my YouTube channel is Last Days Watchman. And you can find me uh, on Rumble the same. And on Rumble, you have to write it in capitals. Um, there's another channel called Last Days Watchman in lowercase. But if you 
Right, if you go to Rumble, Last Days Watchman in capitals, or, and on YouTube, Last Days Watchman, my YouTube channel. And uh, you can get my books on Amazon. Just look up Bob Mitchell on Amazon. And if anybody would like to invite me to speak, um, I love speaking. I speak around churches around the UK. I've spoken in the USA, in Florida, and elsewhere. Um, just email endtimeswatchman, all lowercase, endtimeswatchman at yahoo.com. And just put on the title of your email, uh, invitation or something like that in capitals so that I notice it. That'd be a pleasure to come and speak. And I'm desperate, not desperate. Yes, I am desperate. I'm desperate to speak to, speak to young people because people out there today are seeking truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And the Bible is a true book, the only true book. I'd love to come and talk to your guy, talk to you guys about how you can prove your faith, how you can prove the Bible is trustworthy and how Jesus is coming back very soon. Amen to that, Bob. Yeah, thank you very much. Just reiterate everything Bob said there. Um, Thank you to all my regular listeners who come back week after week. And if you're a new listener, this is obviously a fascinating topic. And if you go back through uh, my episodes, there's plenty of more fascinating topics. And I've got many more topics we're going to talk about. And obviously, being a Christian, I talk about all these things and I have a biblical worldview. So thank you for joining me again, Bob. And thanks, guys, for listening. And this is Beyond the Paradigm. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here.